Hi, I'm Connor Hibbard, and I'm right about most things. I'm Lou Barron, and no, he's not. Wait, what? Welcome to your Wednesday matinee, where we maybe sometimes talk about theater so you don't have to. It'll be a romp. Hey, Lou. Hey, Connor. You know, we've been away for a while, but we're back from hiatus now on, on your Wednesday matinee. Mm-hmm. Um, much like a great revival of a musical on Broadway, um, or much like a great revival of a film franchise, but that all pales in comparison to the greatest revival of all, and that's the resurrection of Christ. I mean, sure. <laughs> as, a, as a Jewish woman... I don't think I can particularly speak to that. You can't co-sign that? No, I cannot. I cannot sign on to that assessment. Uh, the greatest revival of all time uh, is not, in fact, Jesus Christ, but right. uh, but prob- probably Chicago. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, just like speaking statistically. Right. Uh, yeah. Financially and, uh, and statistically, it would have to be Chicago. That's a great point. So Chicago, Patty's Gypsy, Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. To your <laughs> we're back. You may you may have thought we were dead and gone. And uh, we're you, you might even you might even say, yeah, that we have been revived. Much like a like a great Broadway musicale, perhaps. Much like many, many, many great Broadway musicals. Many a musicale. <laughs> if if a, if a musicale is great, then it's probably had a revival. Uh, yes. Because uh, why would you not want to make a thing again after it was good the first time? Yes, <laughs> that's very true. But 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 before we even get into revivals. Uh, wh- wh- where did you go? What have you been doing? Lou, what have you been doing in our uh, during our break? So I am in Spain now, and now I'm here through April. Yeah, we're, we're on a six-hour time difference right now. Um, yes. It is, it is like 1230 here in, uh, here in uh, New York, and it's uh, 630 or so. 630, yep, in the eve in Sevilla, Spain. Well, well, Lou, you know, Spain is exciting, but you know what else is exciting? What else is exciting? Having your soul transcend by seeing Patty Lapone in the second row of company. <laughs> I did it! On December 27th, 2021, with Patty Lapone <laughs> feet away from me, uh, my soul ascended to another spiritual realm. Well, I'm, I'm truly so thrilled for you. So... We're talking about revivals today, (laughs) of which there are so many. Revivals are an interesting beast in ways that we're going to get into, because you can watch a remake. Like, I was looking up shot-for-shot remakes of films, and most of them are like fan films. But the 1998 remake of Psycho with Vince Vaughn is almost a shot-for-shot remake of the original Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. So you can watch either psycho for like eight dollars and be and be fine um one is better than the other of course but you cannot go back in time and see the original Mm -hmm. oklahoma so that is the whole artistic theory behind broadway revivals is that 
you weren't alive in 1943 to see the original Oklahoma. Let's see the reimagined 2019 Oklahoma. Or uh, you could say you weren't alive in the 1960s to see the original Music Man. Let's see the completely same Music Man uh, in 2022 uh, with, you know, Wolverine. <laughs> that is the that is sort of the, the defense and the artistic theory. And, and not that revivals are are inherently a bad thing, but it's definitely a a. A, uh, there's definitely a huge commercial side uh, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and it's the, the kind of history of how that has developed is super interesting too, um, because Broadway as, you know, the industry we, we know it to be, is it's like a new, pretty new thing, if you uh-huh. think about it, you know? Like it, it kind of just goes back to the, to the, to the 20s, really, um, which is about 100 years ago. Yeah. For as far as an art form goes, that's new. That's really, really new. Right. Like theater, theater is old, but Broadway is not old. Yes. Um, so the fact that even just in this this short time, so much of what Broadway is foundationally about, like the fact that so much of it rests on bringing back things that we've done before, not that long ago. It's just, it's an interesting fact, I think. Um, because if you if yeah. you look at something like the Tonys, there are different Tony categories based around revivals, like solely right. around revivals. So I think if anything, that is just a marker of how much of a staple the idea of a revival is to Broadway. Because if it has a Tony award, then it is valued by the industry, you know? And it it's sort of evolved. You can sort of make the argument that a revival in and of itself is a different art form than creating a new musical. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a, or there, there's a compelling case to be made there. But revivals, I mean, revivals used to be much more frequent. Porgy and Bess has been revived like 70,000 times <laughs> and like 68,000 of them were uh, within like a 10 year span in the 20s or 30s because uh, they bring it back like every year uh, it was immensely popular and that happened now obviously it's a it's a little less frequent um, right but that it it's it sort of revivals as new as Broadway is the the concept of a revival is sort of as old as the the industry itself yeah well it's interesting because I think revivals, um, it depends, but I think revivals, especially ones where you don't change the script or the songs or anything, there have been some notable revivals that have just like completely dismantled the show and sort of put it back together, reordered it and everything. But a revival like any revival that keeps the same story and songs and that people already know and like, like The Music Man, that's about the safest bet on Broadway to make a bucket load of money because mm-hmm. it's the music man everybody knows 76 trombones and you got trouble and everybody knows Hugh Jackman most Broadway people know who Sutton Foster is I mean it's a it's it's the safest bet in the world there's like no risk for a producer there because it's going to run for a while and it's going to make money. It was the same thing with the Anything Goes revival. And even that was such a big hit that that was a limited run that got extended to a two-year run. 
um, yeah, because it was such a big hit and 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 such a a safe bet. So I think if we're thinking like like a producer, like a Kevin McCollum, one might say, um, <laughs> that is, you know, there's always something obviously exciting about taking a risk on a new work. But if you know people are going to show up for a revival, that becomes instantly appealing and it's also safe for the audience because broadway tickets are expensive and would you rather choose a show you're not sure about and you might hate um or would you rather choose a show you almost certainly know you're going to like and it's going to be a nice time at the theater and i think that's a that's a obviously a big reason why revivals are just so um enduring because they're they're the safest uh, option yeah and you you definitely alluded to this but a huge part of the revival too is the star power factor Mm -hmm. um because there are are certain roles that are in the canon of musical theater and a lot of the appeal for people um and this isn't only true of revivals necessarily it can just be true when a new actor enters a role of of an existing first timer show but the the appeal isn't just seeing the music man it's seeing sutton foster and hugh jackman in exactly. the music man it's seeing or, or with anything goes it's like seeing the role of reno as played by sutton foster exactly. or the role of joanne as played by patty lapone yes, um as moment. yeah as as connor has seen um, and he will never let us forget for nope, going to talk about it every single episode. Yeah, I think I think that is a good little little segue into we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try something something new here on your Wednesday matinee, a little bit new formatting shenanigans, jazz hands, uh, with some trivia. <laughs> So in in the history of revivals, there have been many revivals that have Mm -hmm. lasted longer than their original productions. There have been many, I think 20 some actually. But my little trivia question for you is which revival did not last longer than its original production? Oh, okay. Anything goes. All right. Fiddler on the Roof, Cabaret, mm. or Chicago. I know Chicago obviously ran for longer than it's. Yeah. You know, this was a bad question to ask me because I'm gonna get it <laughs> right because. I recently did an evergreen of Best of Broadway where I counted down the 30 longest running shows in the history of Broadway. So I know that the answer is anything goes. No. No? It's Fiddler on the Roof. What? Yeah. Oh, no. No. How could this be? (laughs) At least if a playbill is correct. Then Fiddler on the Roof was not on the list that I that I saw. How did I played tradition. <sighs> Fiddler originally ran from '64 to '72. The revivals ran for, and the original production ran for 
3,242 performances. The longest running revival was 2004's with 781 performances. Oh, wait. Wait, okay, so the question was... So, yeah, I was wrong. I quit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, our next little segment, what shows should we bring back and what shows should we let die? Wow. I love love how you worded that on our our show notes. Some shows just need to to burn in the abyss and just not be brought back to a Broadway stage. Oh, and what and what shows what shows are those? Most of the Rodgers and Hammerstein, I think. Oh gosh. Um I mean, unless you're going to reimagine a number of them like King and I needs to die. Um it's not cuz They're we... rewriting they're rewriting the book though, I saw. Oh, really? For, for some production of it, yeah. Are they doing Well, they're doing the movie, right? Yes. But separately, I think. But as we talked about, I mean, you can rewrite the book all you want, but you got to you got to do a lot of heavy lifting. No, I I I also just don't really think we need. Like I think sound of music should die, because we have the movie and that's enough. Oh, I was I was about I was about to fight you, but now I am I am reconsidering. I watched the movie over break. It holds up five stars. But yeah, the musical, as we talked about the musical, the stage musical is not as good. And the movie is timeless. We don't need to bring the show back on on Broadway. So, so there, there are certain instances like that. Um, Interesting. Where, where film adaptations are so, t- Sound of Music is probably the prime example, but there's, um, I mean, Annie. Annie, for me, the Annie movie is iconic. I don't think we need to bring Annie back on Broadway, even though we relatively recently did. Um, yeah. Just shows that really already have a, a an iconic enough adaptation that people have access to, whether it's a pro shot or a film, or films that don't really bring anything new in in what Broadway is now in a, in a contemporary uh Broadway space that is focused on diversity and representation. Um, hmm. Interesting. Now, I will say, I think to kind of just flip the coin a little bit, it makes me really sad, though, to think that if we let the sound of music die as a cut, <laughs> what a sentence that is. If we, <laughs> sorry i just i'm making myself music itself if we if we let (laughs) if we just destroyed music um (laughs) we would be out of a job uh if we let the sound of music die it makes me sad to think that no other incredible up-and-coming star would get to take on the material of Maria. Interesting. Or 
you know, and then, then that goes for any of the of the great shows that kind of fall into the category you were talking about, where maybe like the the content is not necessarily anything new. And I and I also think it is valuable to continue doing certain things just because I I think an entire generation of of theater loving humans. Mm-hmm should have the chance to see certain things in person you know and because i think that is what like sparks the love of theater for a lot of people and and could like seeing a new musical spark that sure but there's even in the hundred years or so that broadway as we know it has been around i think that young people now should get to experience the history of it in person you know sure, like I, I think there's there's something to be there's something to be said for that in my I understand my that but like my first of two experiences seeing sound and music the musical uh the latter one was a a high school production which is you know sort of what that is but it was a tour and I feel like that is what touring and high quality regional productions are for in a way like mm. like super big oh yeah tours. um because it's not an infinite number of theaters but it moves around so it can not only reach a new audience of theater goers where they live so they don't have to pay the broadway prices or travel to new york city mm-hmm. um but it also doesn't take up a very precious very finite number of broadway theaters that should go to either revivals that can add something new to the material and to our, our our present musical theater landscape or to new works like a strange loop which is fi- uh, mm. finally and thankfully getting its its broadway uh transfer, transfer. Yeah. yeah no i i i think that is a very very salient point <laughs> Connor, you mentioned before, yeah, that Porky and Bess, yes, has had, I believe you said, seventy thousand bajillion revivals. I did, yes. Um, it is the most revived show of all time. Yes, this is I, this is true. I was anticipating your question, so you looked up how many revivals has Porky and Bess had. Oh, I didn't I'll- look that up. I can I can give you I can I'm just going to give you options. They're all very similar options, but I'm just curious to see what you will guess. Um, has Porgy and Bess had five, six, seven, or eight revivals in its lifetime? Oh, I thought I had like fifteen. Um. <laughs> I should have put higher numbers in there. That would have been I should have done that. Correct. I'm a genius. Let's go. Wow. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you do a more white man thing in my entire life. So what revivals uh, should we bring back? Rent. Oh, wait, we, t- we, t- we did talk about this. Did we talk about this on the record? Yeah, we we talked about this in our Broadway wish list thing. We talked about like one show that we wanted revived. Um, Mine 
my pick back then was rent. It still is. I just think rent post pandemic is really powerful. As someone who saw rent during the pandemic, I really enjoyed it. And I would just, I, I think, I don't know, it ran for a while and it's been gone since 2008. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it might, it might, it might be a little soon, um, but they brought Gypsy back in 2003 and then again in 2008. So um, hmm. no, I think, I think rent. Yeah, that's that. That is a, a valid valid option, I, and I and I think my answer back then was singing in the rain. Right? I think I was like, we can have little escapism as a treat, um, and I I would love to see you singing in the rain, though. Yeah, and I I still feel that way. Um, but but you know, with singing in the rain specifically, have I gone on? We've been doing the podcast for so long that I don't know if I'm like recycling things that I think are cool and like saying them for a second time. Um, but the fact that the scene in the rain movie is like low key communist, like just on the low. Um, just like very much like a screw you to the McCarthy era. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that's so cool. And what if, what if there was a singing in the rain revival where the quiet part of that was loud and yeah, yeah, no, and I just, plus, I just think Gene Kelly's just so fun. Yeah. I watched a yeah. lot of Gene Kelly movies in the past couple of months. He's a great guy. Oh my gosh. I love Gene Kelly. What? just put they really they really don't do it like gene kelly did it anymore like no, huge no, they absolutely huge, do not it's just like it just doesn't that just that does not exist um yeah seen in the rain because like it could get political but it's also a little escapism as a treat uh so yeah that, that's what the best musicals are political escapism yeah that that sounds like it should be well but really everything is political if you are if you're saying this is not a political statement that in itself is a political statement um so there's that i'm losing my mind so porky and bess had seven revivals and i got that right you did get that right um there are eight musicals that have had five or six revivals okay and i just want to see how many what your guesses are yeah i'll I'll tell you old old musicals well i mean if it's if it's had that many then it has to be older you know um yeah so and there are there are eight in in total, and I'll tell you yes or no when you when you guess one. Gypsy. No. That has fiddler. Yes. I knew fiddler. Uh, I know other ones too. I'm smart. We can kind of we can kind of go by like composer too okay. if um, that will help because i know this is just like it's just you guessing things it's I not guess, really a question but i guess oklahoma question yes okay. there's got to be other rnh ones I, I i'm gonna say south pacific no is this sound of music no flower drum song <laughs> no. 
God, what did they write? Those lovable little scamps. It's a grand night for singing. <laughs> oh, carousel. It's carousel. Okay, that's fine. All right. He's like sweating. <laughs> um, this is hard. I shouldn't have framed this like this. I'm trying to think of Sondheim. I don't think he's been on there. He's on there though. He's on there in some capacity. Really? West Side. That should be. Yeah, West Side. It yeah. is. You're West serious. Side is five times West Side. That's yep. Crazy. I knew about two of those. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'll I'll just I'll just tell you. Um the two with six are three penny opera uh, and showboat. Showboat, wow. Yeah. And then the others with five are guys and dolls and Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. That one really got me. I was like, Peter Pan has been revived five times. That's wild. <laughs> You know, move, um, movie franchises are often revived. We saw it recently with uh, a lot of the Matrix. And I mean, it happens all the time. The whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is half revival, half uh, one unwieldy story. Um, <laughs> we saw it very recently with the West Side movie um, to, to bring it back to musicals. I mean, that's, yes. a, that's, a, that's a movie revival. Um, yes. Talk about that, Lou. I don't have a question or anything. Oh gosh, just about a movie. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, what, I think what 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 uh, uh what well okay what sets well, them apart? What makes it yeah. special? Well, I think yeah um that revivals make more sense as a concept for the theater than they do for movies 100%. by a lot. Uh, by a long shot um because the whole thing with theater is that it's live and you see it and as an embodied thing and as as we said just circle it back to the beginning of this episode if you were not alive for the first time a production was mounted and when it was new there would be no way for you to like see it happen in the art form that it is without a revival or without like a production a touring production or some new iteration of the same material performed again i mean that's kind of the whole concept of theater like there there are musicals and plays and all of the theater that's written and then there are productions of it all around in new ways at new times at the same time um and I could go on another licensing rant, but I won't. I'm not going to do it. I just make me not do it. I won't do it. Don't do um, it. I will not do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, thank you. Needed yeah. that. With movies, a movie is made and it is meant to exist as a thing that exists in in perpetuity. Because if I if I want to go watch a movie again then I can just pull up the movie again. If I own the movie, if I can stream the movie, I can just go and see the freaking movie again. That is the same thing that I saw however many years or months or whatever is ago that I first saw it. But with theater, it's like a one-time kind of thing. Um, So I don't really get as a concept 
necessarily like a shot for shot remake. Like I don't understand it. Right. And I, yeah, I don't understand the shot for shot remake either. There's some movie remakes that also that aren't shot for shot that add, you know, nothing to the source material. There's some mm-hmm. remakes that are, are are sort of more adaptations, like um, yeah, like I would say the Wiz movie is. Uh, you know, I know the Wiz is not the best example because it's a musical as well, but sort of warranted yeah. because it's a different, a very different um take on the on the Wizard of Oz story and and all that jazz. There are many ways that people have done it, have done a thing that is like this is a remake. Um, to varying degrees of success and with varying degrees of relevancy. And again, to go back just very briefly to the West Side, the new West Side Story movie, which is in essence a remake, I would say. I think that qualifies as a remake. Yeah, 100%. But the script is different you know they're they're just like structurally it is a different thing than the you know the original west side story movie it's very different um and while the same things happen and it's the same story and it definitely pays homage to the uh the original in a myriad of ways it is it is not the same thing in good ways. And I think in ways that like warranted it being done again. Something I, I just thought about is um, the Disney live action remakes. Like to me, that's the most pointless. Um, mm. Ooh, interesting. Because, yeah. So let's take, here's an, here's, here's two good examples. So let's take mm-hmm. Scarface. Scarface is originally a 1930s, um, I think silent or at least very old uh, film remade by Pacino um, and um, Brian De Palma in the 70s um, or in the 80s, sorry. And I think they're making another Scarface too, which is something. Um, but like that, that that's a that's a remake that a became more iconic than the original, and mm-hmm. b to me, maybe by nature of it just being good um, and maybe by <laughs> nature of it being way more um, just really visceral because it, it happened like 50 years later. Um, yeah. It, it's, sort of, it's sort of warranted. What in the world, I, and I know money is the answer, but why in the world do I need to see Will Smith as a CGI uh, cloud and genie um when i already have a perfectly good robin williams dvd at home yeah but it, it's it's and again i know the answer is money and they're remaking all the old ones and i saw aladdin twice in theaters um the second time was not my choice that is something if the argument is bringing it to a new generation of fans i don't get it they can watch the original if the argument is you need to update outdated stereotypes and stuff in some of the older Disney movies, especially. I I don't really buy that. I think people in the contemporary age should have enough of a moral compass to realize what what Disney portrayed in the 40s is not what Disney would portray today. It, 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 there's no, I don't think there's any rational 
explanation for that, especially when when they're not updating the the book uh, or the script in in any in any really uh, substantial or meaningful way, aside from you know some cosmetic changes, add a new song in there or whatever. Yeah, and I'll say I think with the caveat of they have had significant criticism of this and are maybe changing it a little when it comes to these like Disney remakes specifically as as recently as the Lily James remake of Cinderella for sure even in the live action mode of making a movie not animated with embodied actors they put her in this corset and oh my like she did not look like a human being in that corset if if your argument is well people should see people in these fairy tales and real real looking people then like the movie magic or whatever goes back in there and makes these women still you know look have these bodies that are completely unattainable and if your goal is like these girls should see have role models or whatever and it's like no like you're still you're still doing the body dysmorphia thing like you're still like inflicting that on on an entire generation it's even (laughs) it's even more problematic and and troubling when it is a real person as opposed to exactly character yeah, that it, that is even more potentially damaging to real people and their perception of themselves and the world that they think they should live in. Yeah, and what they think they should look like and and behave like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like that that argument you can just throw directly out the window. I think. Interesting. The the point the point we're trying to make here is that revivals we can we can say what should be brought back what shouldn't be brought back whatever like revivals i think are a net good yeah and i will stand by that and i in theater with movies i often do not understand it but with i think i think revivals as a function in the theater do good things and whether it's the function of just bringing back a show for a new audience or revising the show and um like we were like we were talking about with the rogers and hammerstein pieces um and sort of reimagining them and bring them to a new uh, a new audience i would agree plus if there were no revivals i wouldn't have seen patty lapone sing ladies who lunch uh 10 feet away from me and that was that was a was that a is I that a spiritual I, experience for you i that can't a transcribe experience? the experience to you but i i openly i think we have an episode (laughs) hey lou yeah hey connor i have some chaotic news for you and what and what could that be uh it would be that unfortunately this episode of your wednesday matinee is closed after just one performance but luckily we'll be back in two weeks we promise with another one night only can't miss theatrical event If you just can't wait another two weeks for your Broadway radio fix. I know I can't. Then tune into the best of Broadway every Sunday morning from 10 to noon on 92 WICB. Listen on 91.7 FM in Ithaca, New York, or stream from anywhere, including Sidious Fane on WICB.org. 
And to hear the music we discussed in today's show, check out 92WICB on Spotify for our custom-made playlist. If there's anything you would like us to put on the podcast stage, send us an email at matinee at WICB.org. And for more content, be sure to follow us on WICB Podcasts on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you.